0: Miss is Fred Oakman and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are P.S. This is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 240 and this is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash P.S. This is Awesome. And go visit us on our uh, wherever, Twitter, at P.S. This is Awesome. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PSN, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw zero one. As always, you can write the show at psisisawesome at gmail.com. Most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Make sure you leave comments, rate our podcast as you see fit. And as a reminder, we are a video podcast as well, so you can watch this show, if you prefer, over at YouTube. And for new and or longtime listeners, we have now... Have a Patreon. You can support the show at a $1 a month level called the One and Only $1 Club. So head over to www.patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome. And you can become a $1 patron. We'll send you a free die cut vinyl sticker in the mail and we'll give you a shout out on our show. That out of the way, first I want to get into listener feedback, Jake. Uh, we seem to be making some headway with our episodes on YouTube, particularly the Helldivers episode. It almost has a hundred views, which is like way higher than any other. <laughs> Any other podcast of ours, which is crazy. It's uh, by far and wide our most watched YouTube podcast. I think it says a lot about Helldivers. I think it says a lot about just naming our podcasts and our videos about what the hell we're talking about instead of trying to like just come up with some stupid title. So with that being said, Jiminy Christmas wrote in on our Helldivers episode, which was last episode or two episodes ago. He said that he and his girlfriend routinely beat levels 13 and 14 alone as a duo. And at times they run three to four players as well. One of the best games ever made, hands down. Friendly Fire is everything in that game. You definitely have to learn how to play around it and pay attention to special awareness. Spatial awareness. And then he gave like a little up, down, right, left, up, D-pad. Because that's how you trigger all your stratagems in the game. Um, And you got to hit that sequence perfectly. So thanks for writing in. Jiminy Christmas. Uh, we wrote you back on YouTube, and I would concur. Friendly Fire is important on Helldivers, Divers, and I don't know if it's one of the greatest games ever made, but it's definitely original and it's really, really freaking good. Um, so it seems like Hell Divers has not been getting the love it needs to because our if you search Hell Hell Divers, our podcast comes up. So like, I don't think a lot of people are like doing shit with Hell Divers, but it has like this really, really uh, good following, I guess, and it is a great game. Um, I re-downloaded it and played played some. I, I, I let LJ try it on the uh, the game share. He enjoyed what he played of it. I can't wait for Helldivers 2. Anyways, um, in response to our last episode, episode 239, we had a nice little comment played by Ken Rodin, and uh, he said Need for Speed Heat is one of the better Need for Speed games in recent years, but he's glad that we ended up with Toem as our game for the month, and he's going to try um, that as well. He knows nothing about it, and he says uh, he already has Need for Speed Heat, and he's not interested in the fighting game. Um, He did say that uh, I had a hard time going back to Tony Hawk as well. Loved Loved it back in the PS1 days, and they have done a great job with the remake, but it just doesn't hold my attention the same way anymore. And another show, great, guys. Another great show, guys. Thumbs up. Sorry, I misspoke. So thanks for writing in. We love the feedback. Thanks for played by Ken for writing. We get some of these follows on YouTube and and like this one, I was just like, I don't know if that's a real account or not. Like I had no clue, you know, like there's so many weird accounts on YouTube and stuff. So I don't know if who all's real people, you know what I mean? Who's actually listening to the show. So thanks for writing in, uh, saying hi to us and giving us props. Um, Again, we love hearing from you. Uh, So you can comment on the videos over on our YouTube channel. I read them. Right now, I'm able to because we don't get a whole lot of comments. But you can also email us at gmail.com or go join our Patreon for $1 a month and interact with with us there if you like. Um, Jake, let's talk about some games we're playing. Uh, As we announced on the last show, every every, uh, month we're picking out a PlayStation Plus Essential game. And this month, for the month of September, uh, we have chosen Toem, T O E M, which is free, and uh, we will be playing that this month and talking about it on the last show this month. So I've already started this game, um, and then I bought—they have an indie sale or like a cheap game. I bought this game called Lake, and I've been playing that. Have you seen anything about this game?
1: I've heard of it, but I haven't played it or anything. Yeah,
0: I don't know why I wanted to play it. You're a male. You're a male person. It's a. It's a really kind of generic like game, but I wanted something that wasn't going to challenge me. I wanted something a little bit different, you know? And I was like, you know, this thing's on sale for like 12 bucks. That's like the cost of a meal at subway. And, uh, it's always kind of been in the back of my head. And for 12 bucks, I said, sure. So I'm probably almost finished with it. Uh, the gist of this game, it's an indie game. Uh, you're, you play as a woman, who lives and works in the big city, and she just finished. It's like in the '80s. She just finished this software uh, with the software company. They just put the, you know, the 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 Chef's Kiss, the bow tie on this program they're developing. And then she just, you have a real pushy boss. He's like, "Do you have to leave? We could really use you, you know." And you're just like, "I have to go. I have to go on vacate. I gotta leave." So you take two weeks. You go back to your home. Uh, area that you lived at as a kid. Uh, your parents are on vacation. Your house sitting for them, and you take over, which would never really ever happen because it's a government job. But you take over your father's job as a post office delivery man for two weeks, and you're revisiting this uh, community that you grew up in, and it's it's really interesting. Actually, you deliver mail parcels. That's all you do, and you interact with people. There's no combat. There's nothing crazy about this game whatsoever. But it's kind of pretty, and it's a little jank, but... I'm enjoying it. Um, it's it's really just kind of like, Oh, I wonder on today's route who I'm gonna run into or what I'm gonna do or you know. And there's some like mini uh you know, from day to day, you know, you get talking with certain people in the community and they'll give you updates on what's going on there in their lives. So it's almost like gossipy in a way, like you're like, Oh, I wonder what the hell's happening with Mrs. Vanderlei or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I better go, you know, there's a cat lady uh, minor spoilers. She has a cat that gets sick. You offer to take the cat on your mail route to the local vet, and then you're saving a cat. And, like, there's just random shit like that that pops up. Um, the local video person in the VHS store, um, you can turn it down, but asks if you'll take like this mobile VCR to different people. And she's recommending movies for the people in the community that she knows. And you just deliver it and pick it up the next day. And then they tell you about the movies they watch. And they're like real movies like Jaws and, uh, um, Different things. Like, we're going to watch A Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, there's like a, a a mechanic who's like a younger girl who's like 16, 17, and she's kind of like a little nervous about watching it on her own, or her mom won't let her. And, she, and you're like, well, you can come over to my place on Sunday. We'll watch it together. So I have that little movie date with uh, Watching Friday the 13th coming up. So it's it's a stupid game, but it's also really kind of nice. Like, I don't know. It's cathartic. That's all I got about that. Jake, what are you playing? Um, I
1: don't even know. I haven't hardly played anything this week because I've been, so, work's been so crazy. So, yeah. I played basically just more cyberpunk. Um, and I'm at like the, the part in the game where it's like the point of no return or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, there's some side missions and stuff that seem kind of interesting that I'm trying to pursue and finish up before I actually do that. So, I have to imagine pretty shortly here I'll be done with that game, or at least done with the main main story. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much all I'm playing right now.
0: Fair enough. All right. Well, there's a lot of news to talk about this week, so why don't we get into the news? Uh, I'm going to try to keep the podcast right around, right around like the same, same. I don't know what length of most of the podcast. Uh, I have a couple of things i got to wrap up still tonight after the, after the, I almost said the concert, after the podcast. But, uh, yeah, so let's let's get into the first point of news, and we'll just see however long it takes it's going to take. Um, first point of news is the Ubisoft forward has happened, and uh, three things I took away from this. Now, I don't know if you watch this, but these are the only things that even matter to people like you and I. Um, number one, they did give us some info on the Division Heartland, uh, and they showed that it is for sure going to be a free-to-play game. And they gave us some some uh, gameplay. And it's going to be like all the other Division games. But it's going to be free-to-play. And it's in a rural setting. Um, when I say rural, I don't mean like backwoods. But I'm sure there will be some areas like that. But I mean like a small town. It's not like a big sprawling city like the other two games. So, And there's going to be pve and pvp in it um from what i understand and it just seems like another Now, i will say that i wasn't like amazed by the graphics that they showed on this um another weird thing they announced about the division is that there's going to be a division mobile game and uh the graphics on that were like noticeably not very good they're still amazing for being mobile but you know i'm thinking they announced that after this to make the division heartland graphics seem better I don't know. It seemed like the Division Heartland graphics were not up to snuff with Division 1 or or Division 2. I don't know. It could just be me, but uh, I remember those games hitting graphically when I saw those trailers. And this one didn't really do much for me as far as graphical uh, appearance. The next news point um, from Ubisoft Forward was they gave us um, quite a bit of information on the new Assassin's Creed game, which is going to be titled Mirage. I'm probably not gonna dive into this game. In fact, I bought Odyssey when it was on sale and I couldn't even fucking play it. I hated the controls. I got a little far in it. I got I got I had maybe like six hours in and I was like, I just can't fucking play this game. Um, I don't know. There's something about the Assassin's Creed controls that I can't stand. I don't know what it is. I don't know if the combat feels weird. It just it just doesn't I don't know. The only... the only, like, Yeah, was-
1: it's like hold R2 to run up a wall yeah. or something. And shit. even the yeah, combat. It's pretty annoying.
0: Yeah, the combat sucks. And then like they have all these different weapons with different levels and stuff. And then you're constantly recycling weapons. And then the worlds are just enormous. And it's just like... I, I don't think it's for me. But I did play Black Flag the whole way through. And I did enjoy that. I played that. That was the, one of the first games I played on PS4. But... I honestly
1: really liked Unity. I know a lot of people gave it a lot of beef because of the the bugs and stuff that were in it. That was one of those games where like the face was turned inside out and the fucking eyeballs are like (laughs) popping out of the skull and stuff. But uh, I actually really enjoyed it. I just got to a part in the game where I was just like, okay, I'm, it was like the missions were getting insane. Some of these assassinations, it was like the guy that you have to kill is literally in like a town square with like all of these people around yeah, you gotta be where stealth. it's to the point where it's like almost impossible to kill him without anybody seeing you. Yeah, And so like I just got frustrated, but it was like the very end of the game whenever I kind of quit playing it. So I did like – and then I think after that, there was Syndicate, which people enjoyed, but then that's when they started making things more RPG
0: mm-hmm.
1: like Origins and Odyssey and – Valhalla are are more just like RPGs than they are uh, like just action stealth games, um, and I, I've heard that Mirage is maybe gonna kind of try and harken back to its roots a little bit more and not be as as deep as the last few titles. But right. I don't know. I like with you. I'm not like a huge Assassin's Creed fan. There are aspects of the games that I really love. Like like you said, Black Flag. I loved the setting. I loved like the like the tropical island, t- you know, and, and being in like pirate infested ship waters battles. and like yeah. the ship battles and like there was something really cool about that. Um, same thing with like Assassin's Creed Three, being in during the American Revolution, and they do have some really cool uh, locales, but yeah, the gameplay can be a little bit.
0: You know, <clears throat> yeah, meh. well, the, and then the last thing they talked about in the Ubisoft Ford. And this was a weird one. Games are coming to Netflix. So they struck a deal with Netflix. They're going to have three games in the next few years, they said, that are going to be exclusive to Netflix. One was one that I don't even remember they talked about. But one also was going to be Assassin's Creed. They're going to have uh, an original Assassin's Creed experience or some sort of game on Netflix, along with, I believe, a live-action thing. But the weirdest one... And I'm kind of annoyed by this is Valiant Hearts 2, which I didn't even it's I didn't even know they were making it. So Valiant Hearts 1 Jake, you and I both really like. This was the game that was mm-hmm. based in World War 1 and it was had its quirks and uh they're making a Valiant Hearts 2 and it's going to be on Netflix only. <laughs> I mean, it's surprising. I didn't think they were
1: making another one. That part is surprising. Right. But I don't necessarily think it's weird. If Netflix is going to have a game, a game like this is a game that I would expect to be on Netflix. It's not graphically it's, intense, yeah. It's it's mainly, like, base, like, minor basic controls and mostly, like, reading diaries and stuff. Like, that is perfect for something like Netflix. Whereas... How do you control it? You know, probably with your fucking controller. I mean, you're... PlayStation has Netflix. Yeah, maybe you're right. So, you know, I I don't see how that's really a problem. And and who knows? Maybe Netflix will come out with like a Netflix remote that's like a controller. Yeah. So it's it's we'll have to see. But I'm curious what they'll do with this. If they're going to stick with World War One, or if they're going to move to a different war, or if they're going to move to a different kind of storytelling uh, storytelling tool altogether outside of war, I don't know, but um Valiant the first Valiant Hearts was was very good. So I'm curious to see what this one will end up being. Yeah, I
0: was really excited. In fact when they announced it on the Ubisoft Ford, they had the guy from Netflix on, I was like, I'm pretty much gonna fast forward through this. And I, I was like, ah maybe I better not. And then he, the first thing they announced was Valiant Hearts 2. And I was like Valiant Hearts. And I kept thinking like that sounds so familiar. I was like, oh shit, that's that that's that World War One game that we liked. And then they're making a second one. So that's kind of good news. That's good news. Move on to the next news point, Jake. Um, the one thing that really shook the internet this week was Disney and Marvel had a showcase. <coughs> and the, the big reveal came from Skydance New Media. And uh, this is the new studio from the original Uncharted game developer, uh, former formerly from Naughty Dog, um, Amy Hennig. So what they released was a cinematic teaser trailer for an untitled game they're currently working on, the Skydance New Media. And I think, I don't know who the publisher is going to be on that. Um, I can't remember. But the game appears to be a Captain America and Black Panther title. It was a cinematic trailer. And all I have to say about this is Marvel has made quite a presence in video games these past couple years. And we have Spider-Man, right? That's a Marvel We have the Wolverine game announcement. It's going to be that was announced. I think E3 or something. I don't know where it was announced, but it was announced. And then we have the uh, uh, Marvel Marvel's uh, the Avengers. We have uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy, or Marvel property. Um, There's so many Marvel games now getting thrown into the video game world. And uh, let's not forget Midnight Suns, which also has a release date of. Uh, December 2nd for PS5, but there's no confirmation on PS4 release date for Midnight Suns. But the Captain America game, they said is still set in the comic book universe. And uh, I'm going to quote Amy Hennig real quick on this and we'll discuss it. Uh, she says, I can't imagine a better partner than Marvel for our first game. The Marvel universe epitomizes all the action, mystery and thrills of the pulp adventure genre that I adore and, and lends itself perfectly to an interactive experience. It's an honor to be able to tell an original story with all the humanity, complexity, and humor that makes Marvel characters so enduring and to enable our players to embody these heroes that they love. So I think it's a good fit for Amy Hennig. The thing that's weird, though, is I think that she was trying to go indie for a while. And then here she is working on probably one of the biggest games that's going to come out whenever it comes out. This game's going to be huge. Um Provided it sees the light of day. She was working on a Star Wars game that got the axe. She was – she's really been through a tumultuous, uh, I would say, career after being uh, – after leaving Naughty Dog, right? And I don't think it's any fault of hers. She's been associated with projects that either didn't get to see the light of day or whatever. But this has some promise. There's a cinematic trailer already and uh, – I think the trailer looks cool but I mean like it's weird it says like four heroes at the end obviously they're the silhouettes of the Black Panther and uh, Captain America and then there were two others one looked like a military soldier and I don't know what the other one was Um, and maybe that's who they were before they became the superheroes that they were Mm -hmm. any opinion on this? I don't know I
1: I mean Amy Hennig Weaves a good tale, so I can imagine that maybe it's going to have a really good story. But I don't know about – I don't know. I mean it's a Marvel game. I'm kind of checked out. Like Spider-Man is good because it's fucking Insomniac, not because it's Spider-Man. Right. So I am curious about – basically everything else that Marvel has released in the past so many years, I've just been kind of like – I mean, it's just like the market is saturated. I'm not saying that, that this game is going to be good or bad. I mean, and if I had to guess, I'd say that the writing is probably going to be very good. Whether or not the gameplay is going to be very good, I don't know. The studio has never made a game before, so I don't fucking know who's going to be developing, like, really, like, making it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, it, it's it's interesting. I'm kind of curious, like, how, like, like, what makes you decide to tell a story? I don't know anything about comic books. Like, is there a notable tie between these two Marvel characters specifically that, like, you would have a, a game it's like centered around Captain America in the Black Panther? Like, typically, when I think about Captain America, I don't think about Black Panther. So, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. But I would have to say that. I mean, how can we know? It's there. It's not like it's. It's not like it's. Insomniac where we can be like, oh I this game doesn't sound like it's up my alley, but it's insomniac so I know it's it's gonna be a good game. We know nothing about this studio other than Amy Hennig is there and she is a really great creative lead and a really great writer mm-hmm. So I would say that we could probably bank on it having like a decent story and a decent kind of like world building kind of thing. But I don't know about the gameplay. Like we don't have. I don't know if we do. We have any clue if this is going to be like what kind of game this is. If it's third person action. If it's you know a freaking side scroller. If it's a tactics game.
0: I mean, we have no idea. Uh, so, I'm pretty sure it's a third person action adventure. I I would imagine because of what she said in her quote. Didn't she say something like, "Ah uh, uh, man, where where is it"? It says, more of you for, put all action, mystery, and thrills of the pulp adventure genre. So, I, d- I don't know what that means. I mean, can we ex- ex- extract from that that it's going to be a third-person action game? I don't know. It hasn't been announced yeah, yet. Yeah,
1: I, I I mean, it, she's, she describes Marvel the Marvel Universe like that, and she says that that's the you know pulp adventure game. That's basically Uncharted. So, right. we'll see if she's going to make like a – I mean if she's, if, she's, if she's capable of making an Uncharted style game but with Captain America and Black Panther, I mean that could be kind of cool, although I don't really have any love for Captain America or Black Panther. So this really like from a thematic perspective doesn't have any real hooks in me until I actually see the game itself.
0: So yeah, I did a little research while we were talking. There is a tie-in with Captain America and Black Panther. Apparently... Captain America towards the end of World War II um, is a comic run or something called uh, Flags of Our Fathers, I believe. And uh, it says – this is from uh, Marvel.com. It says – this is interesting if they take this this take on it. Um, here it says, this year he expanded upon a scene from – Holden's Black Panther, 2005, issue number one, the first ever meeting between Captain America and Black Panther during the waning days of World War II. It says, however, the man under the Black Panther's mask was not T'Challa. Instead, it was T'Challa's grandfather, Azuri, the Wise, who fought and befriended Cap. Although neither Steve Rogers nor Azuri could have predicted it, their shared experience and flags of our fathers paved the way for Cap's long friendship with T'Challa." a bond that still is, that's still playing out today. So apparently the two... Because Captain America is like really freaking old. So apparently the guy who is Captain America present... Or uh, Black Panther presently, they, they're saying his grandfather, I believe, met Captain America in World War Two and they fought together. And then obviously Black Panther carries the... They carry the banner forward, right, each generation. So I think... Cap remains friends with the siblings, you know, so that's kind of interesting that there's that shared bond, I think um, so we'll see what they do with it, but pretty cool uh, little thing I learned today just now in the podcast, so hopefully the listeners did as well next news point, Jake Legacy of Thieves, speaking of Uncharted this was the uh, the collection um, it's finally coming to PC October 19th uh, this has been a super long wait, longer than I think they anticipated. The Legacy of Thieves Collection actually was was released January twenty eighth, two 2022. So about 10 months later, it's coming to PC. I think that they intended to have this thing released earlier on PC. But anyone who's playing PC, you will now be able to get your hands on those games. So that's kind of cool. Do you have anything to say on that, or can we move on to the next news point? Nope. <laughs> okay, fair enough. The uh, have you seen anything about this game? This game called Evil West. So there's a lot of gameplay we can watch for the upcoming title. Um, it's developed by Flying Wild Hog Studios. Um, they're also the developer for the Shadow Warrior games, and the game looks fantastic graphically. Um, gameplay actually looks really fun. It might be one to watch out for. The game's set to release at a fifty nine ninety nine price point on November twenty second, and this is a third person action adventure game with what appears to be a significant storyline. It's a shooter, but it also has a lot of melee combat as well. And uh, the, the bottom line is, is that you play this character named Jesse, uh, one of the last agents of a clandestine vampire hunting organization, and you have to protect the American frontier from supernatural monstrosities. And it's like a Western, but you're fighting vampires. But the, it actually looks well made, and the voiceovers sound good, and the art direction is pretty fucking cool. Have you seen anything about this game? Yeah, no. It looks really, it looks really
1: good. It honestly, it just kind of reminds me of like, it reminds me of the Order eighteen eighty six if it took place in the fucking Wild West and was and a little more bit gameplay. more, <laughs> was a little bit more gameplay oriented and a little bit less, uh, you know, cinematic. Which is great. I mean, this game looks awesome. It, it has kind of some Doom vibes to it too but there's just like these scenes in the the uh the gameplay that they put up of like him fighting some you know some bad guys in like <coughs> a like a building that's burning or something like that yeah. and it just reminds me of this level in the Order 1886 when you're when you're fighting on like the burning fucking zeppelin or whatever yeah. and not to mention you know it's a juxtaposition of the like this old time period with these like Futuristic sci-fi kind of we- weaponry, yeah, like electric and, um, weapons and shit. It's weird. Hopefully, it's it's. I mean, I don't think I don't think that the a- the order eighteen eighty eighty, the order eighteen eighty six is a bad game. I know a lot of people didn't like it. Yeah, but uh, I I feel like there's a lot more to be hopeful about with this one. I mean, I this seems to be a little bit of. I'm not expecting this to be like a you know, a nine out of 10 or something like that. But I would say that if it's the way that it looks, I could see as long as the gameplay feels good and it's not like super janky or broken. I mean, it looks like it could be super fun.
0: Yeah. It looks like it's fun. It looks like there's a lot of kinetic gameplay, man. Um, just uh, you are a vampire hunter to be to be transparent on that. And it says that your character it was from the Wikipedia page or something. It just says uh, your character is equipped with powerful firearms, including a six shot pistol, a rifle and a flamethrower and melee weapons, including a gauntlet that can accumulate electrical energy and an axe. And it looks pretty bloody and crazy. And your guys kind of like this kind of like he doesn't I don't know, Seemed like he didn't really talk a whole lot. But people are like wow. There
1: are there are some like I don't know if you notice in in the video. There's some Doom vibes where like he like pulls an enemy towards them and they're they're like fucking glowing neon blue like yeah. in Doom whenever like you're getting ready to do the glory kills or whatever. So it it like I said it looks it looks like a lot. So there's
0: gonna be skill trees and abilities and uh, yeah yeah it looks cool. I don't know I don't know um, I, I I want. <sighs>
1: I know this uh, this might be controversial, but I wish that some of these fucking developers could make a game like this that doesn't have all of these skill trees and progression <laughs> and try and RPGify the game, like just make it fucking a fun action game to play. like make it make it like this, like this theme and everything, but make it fucking play like uncharted. You run around, you pick up the guns that you need, you do your thing, you just blast through the combat and you have fun. I mean there is, a, there is something cool and I do, I do appreciate you know the, the, the character building aspect and stuff. But I just – I don't understand where it's why it seems like every fucking game nowadays has to have a skill tree. Every game has to have these RPG mechanics. Every game has to have all this shit because, dude, I get fucking – especially when I first start a game – I get paralysis about spending skill points, <laughs> especially if there's like this. If you don't think you can reroll, you know how to spec or if, person out, yeah, yeah. If you don't know like what you're gonna want later and what you're not gonna want later, like I, I'm not even kidding. The game gets hard sometimes. I'm not even saying this game specifically, but games that I play that are like this will become challenging for me because I will go so far into the game without spending any of my fucking skill points. <clears throat> That like I'm just playing with a base character because I can't decide what to fucking spend them on. And then all of a sudden I've got all these skill points banked up and I just fire hose them into my character and just fi- – eventually I get to a point where I'm just like fuck it and I just spend it on whatever. Yeah. But anyway, that's a little bit of a digression.
0: Well, I think the Space Marine game uh, is going to be awesome when that comes out.
1: Yeah. I hope so. I hope it's not like – There will probably be a fucking skill tree in that game too. So I, I
0: watch it be that. like Tower Defense or some shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, you'll,
1: you'll have to you'll have to like level up your Latin or something. No, no, it won't be that bad.
0: <laughs> All right, well, let's get to the next news point. Um, this one's kind of interesting. I, I don't really have a lot of commentary on this, but Deviation Games, uh, the co-founder Jason Blundell, he used to develop at Treyarch, um, who are known for their Call of Duty games, uh, has left Deviation Games, and this is really interesting, mainly. Uh, because Sony's been working with Deviation on a uh, A secret exclusive title, um, and the tweet was released by Deviation Games on September 8th. Uh, it appears Jason's shoes are being filled by a fellow named Louis or Louise Castle um, as Senior Vice President of Development, and additional explanation for Jason's departure hasn't been provided at this time. And while certainly um, this Louise Castle guy has had some accomplishments Um, I checked out his Wikipedia page and it doesn't appear he's really done a whole lot since 2016, and that was essentially him filling the role of creator director for a game called War Commander Rogue Assault, which is available on Google Play in the Apple Store. So it looks like this guy that's taken his spot focuses a lot on real-time strategy, kind of top-down, military-esque strategy games. And if you look at his, his rap sheet of all of his previous games a lot of them are kind of like that i think command and conquer was on there maybe so it's a weird weird i don't know is that telling of the style of game that they're working on maybe i don't know what do you think of this
1: i thought that there was scuttlebutt that this was gonna be a first person shooter that's why they everybody was so excited that Jason Blundell or Blundell or however you pronounce it Cuz he was the Treyarch developer
0: guy yeah leading
1: it because he was a COD guy So and I don't mean cash on delivery for those of you 90s kids I mean a certificate of deposit like, Do you do you remember those like commercials that were like they were trying to sell you shit on TV mm. and it was like you know buy the fucking snuggy and it's like no no COD no They'd always say that at, yeah at the end of the commercial no ca- that stands for no cash on delivery cuz that used to be a thing Anyway um, another digression. So, uh, I I don't know. I, I assumed that this was going to be a first person shooter, I think but we I all guess do. maybe maybe that maybe that was like a, a industry wide assumption and not necessarily a fact. I have no idea. But I mean, the the fact that like your number two guy is an RTS dude, I have no fucking idea what this is going to be. This could be anything now. I mean, it could be a fucking racing game for all I know. I mean, to me, it
0: looks like that's his wheelhouse, right? If you look at his Wikipedia page, a lot of those games, I, I don't think I saw. I really, we can pull it up. I should have put a link in it on the notes. We can pull it up. What's his name? Lu- Lewis Cast- Castle. L-O-U-I-S Castle. Wiki. Yeah, here it is. So if you go down, he's done uh, Battletech. Back in the 80s. So let's get to like anything he's done the last 20 years. Pirates, The Legend of Black Cat, Command and Conquer, Command and Conquer 3, Tiberium Wars, Boom Blocks, which is like a Wii game. I had to look into that. And then Boom Blocks, Bash Party, War Commander, which is real time strategy, uh, and then War Commander Rogue Assault. So these all look like, he did work on Blade Runner, which was a really cool game back in the day on PC. I liked that game. But a lot of these games, Monopoly, The Lion King, Young Merlin, like I don't know if this is the guy that we want uh, heading off a A title for Sony right now, an exclusive title. Maybe it is. Maybe he's done other things. Maybe this. it's
1: his sink or swim moment. I don't know. Maybe he's going to fucking knock it out of the park. To be fair, nope.
0: he, he uh, he's won a few – I think he has two Lifetime Achievement Awards or something. Um he was given a second annual Lifetime Achievement Award by Computer Game Developers Association at the Spotlights Award in 99. He was also given a BAFTA Award along with Steven Spielberg uh, for his work on Boom Blocks for Wii. Um, so, I mean, he's done some things. Like I said, he's he's not a slouch, but his track record doesn't really seem to mirror his awards and... The cred that he gets, so so maybe he's just like a really good dude, and he can get shit done. He knows how to get shit done. He knows how to make games. If you mm. look, if you look at his track list, there's a lot of games there he's been involved in. So he sees them to the end, I would imagine. I don't know though, but what kind of games are they? I mean, that's that's where I go next. Like they're not really my kind of games.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, it's a we'll weird see, pick I guess. from afar. But maybe it makes more sense elsewise. I don't know. Let's move on, Jake, to the next news point. The uh, this, is, this is a big thing that's going on now. Sony and Microsoft have been fighting publicly over Call of Duty and Activision. And I'm just going to take this link because there's a lot here to unpack. If you want to unpack it, if you want to summarize it you can Um, essentially there were there were some assumptions I believe that um, PlayStation had signed uh, some sort of agreement with Activision saying that they are going to get Call of Duty for the next three years as well as Microsoft, excuse me, and uh, you know. So what happened was, according to the Push Square article, I'm just going to read from it. This is this is really interesting, and I don't I don't. It, this is from Game Industry Biz, and uh, this is let this uh, write up is by Sammy Barker on Push Square, and it says uh, this is really getting spicy to say the least. Uh, Microsoft big with Phil Spencer publicly revealed that his company had provided a signed agreement to Sony that would guarantee Call of Duty remains on PlayStation consoles for several more years beyond the Japanese giant's current marketing arrangement, Activision Blizzard. Then it says it it was, at the time, assumed that the PlayStation maker had signed, but Sony's suit, Ryan, uh, Jim Ryan, sorry, Jim Ryan has bitten back, describing the offer as inadequate. So, uh... He, he pretty much said that he, he hadn't intended to comment on what well, he understood to be a private business discussion. This is Jim Ryan. But uh, he needs to set the record straight because Phil Spencer brought this into the public forum. So he's like now calling out Phil Spencer. He's like, well, if you want to fucking make this public here, let's talk about it. And then, so this is what Jim Ryan says. Microsoft has only offered for Call of Duty to remain on PlayStation for three years after the current agreement between Activision and Sony ends. After almost 20 years of Call of Duty on PlayStation, their proposal was inadequate on many levels and failed to take account of the impact on our gamers. We want to guarantee PlayStation gamers continue to have the highest quality Call of Duty experience, and Microsoft's proposal undermines this principle. And, uh... It's essentially, I I don't know. Like like Phil Spencer kind of like yelled back and said we've heard that this deal might take the franchise like Call of Duty away from places where people currently play them. That's why we've said before we are committed to making the same version of Call of Duty available on PlayStation on the same day the game launches elsewhere. We will continue to enable people to play with each other across platforms and across devices. We know players benefit from this approach because we've done it with Minecraft, which continues to be available on multiple platforms and has expanded to even more since Mojang joined Microsoft in 2014. Judging by his response, it would appear that Jim Ryan is less trusting of Microsoft Words. So essentially, we have Jim Ryan saying, I'm not signing this shit, even though he posted it publicly and said that, you know, this is an agreement, whatever, there's going to be. Um, Sony saying, We didn't fucking sign it. And then Microsoft saying, We're going to make the game available. So we don't know, I see what the, what the fucking issue is. But uh, Jim Ryan is like, I don't fucking trust you, dude, because you're making me sign a contract that says three years. <laughs> so. I don't know. Uh, What do you make of all this? I mean I don't even fucking care because I don't play Call of Duty anymore. But what do you guys think? Jake, what do you think? I think that it's
1: two things. I think one is that um, part of the reason why Sony is so upset about this is because if – this is going to sound really kind of shitty but – Part of the reason why Sony's so upset about this is because if Sony had bought Activision, they for sure would fucking try and lock it down. Oh yeah, for sure. So so they're they're trying so they're think so their only like thought process is that Microsoft eventually can lock <coughs> it down. And that could seriously damage Sony's brand. Because you know, it's It's one thing for Sony to be like, okay, you know, people will argue, well, they got uh, Destiny or whatever. I mean, don't get confused. Destiny is literally nothing compared to Call of Duty. Call of Duty sells – they sell – a new game every single year is the highest selling game in the country. Every single year, a new game. Destiny has – sold probably, I don't know, let's say 20, 30, let's just say 30 million yeah. copies. I don't know. That seems probably like an overestimate. But let's say that they've sold sold 30 million copy, copies across three platforms over the course of, I don't know, five years or whatever it's been. Call of Duty sells almost that many every single year on a new title. Right. So you're talking about <coughs> 30 million seems like a huge fucking number. I don't think it's even close to that, but um, you know it's it's really to me what's going on is just part of it is is that. and the other part of it too is them being defensive because th- Microsoft they can Phil Spencer can come out and he can say all he wants that well, we're going we're gonna to put it on PlayStation. We're going to put it on PlayStation. Right. We're going to put it on PlayStation. Until they fucking don't put it on PlayStation. Once they own that IP, they can do whatever they want with it. And they can decide if they give a verbal agreement to the world at large, Phil, Phil Spencer could come out on TV and say, this is going to be fucking on PlayStation forever. And then the next day, make it exclusive to Xbox. And there will be there's nothing anyone can do about it because they own the IP. Until there's some kind of a contractual legally binding agreement that says that Microsoft has to have that platform on PlayStation, there's nothing preventing them from just yanking it off one day. Mm. And all – because think about think about it this way. I mean Microsoft could say – they could put it on PlayStation, put it on PlayStation, put it on PlayStation. While Game Pass is picking up Steam, picking up Steam, picking up Steam, all of a sudden the next generation, the market leader flips and Microsoft is back in the lead. Well, now that Microsoft is back in the lead, fuck Sony, lock them out and now Call of Duty is only on Xbox. Right. It's a game of chess. And that further diminishes Sony's market value and people's willingness to play there. So – Now I know this is all very cynical but it is entirely possible and right now – and I don't know if it's been resolved or not. But right now there's this big thing in in the UK where their governing body over um, these types of M&A transactions and stuff is is really pushing back against this transaction because they believe that Microsoft owning Activision – could seriously negatively affect Sony's ability to compete in the space so it's it's interesting that this isn't necessarily just a, a you know a, a screaming match back and forth between Sony and Microsoft there are other parties uh, you would hope, objective third parties that think this may or may not be a good idea. So, I don't know. I mean, do I think that it'll go through? Yes, <coughs> I think that it'll go through. I think Microsoft is going to fucking own it and they're going to pay eight, like $78 billion or whatever the fuck it is for Activision. And they're going to get Call of Duty. But the road to that may include some kind of an agreement with Sony that says that while PlayStation exists, Call of Duty will be on PlayStation day and date with Xbox. Yeah. And there won't be any like, you know, an, like one year exclusivity or some shit like, shit like that because Call of Duty comes out every year. So one year off is is, you might as well not even have it. So I'll be interested to see how, I am interested to see how this plays out. I don't care so much about the whining back and forth anymore. At this point, it's just like, I just want to know what the result is. I want to know if a contract is signed. I want to know if the deal is going to go through or not. I don't really care about like these tweets that are just like basically from the industry that are basically just like, Jim Ryan said this.
0: Right. Phil Spencer said Here's that. Here's the pissing match. Try not and, to get and I'm wet. Just, like,
1: I don't care. I, it's like, I don't. I, I don't care what Jim Ryan says. I don't care what Phil Spencer says. All I want to know is like what is actually being done, like what actually will happen by the time this all falls out. Because that will be interesting. But the the back and forth, I don't care so much about.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I think I'm on the same page with you. I'm tired of hearing about it. But it was relevant to bring up on the show because it, the implications could be pretty big for Sony um, with how this shakes out. So we will follow this loosely as things unfold. But uh, that being said, man, I, I uh, personally – Uh, For my own personal interest, I really don't care what happens with Call of Duty. uh, I'm done with that game. I haven't played a Call of Duty game in a long time. And when I do play them, I only play them for the single player. So I don't know. I I mean I I haven't played them, but I've heard
1: the last couple of Call of Duty campaigns have been really good. So I mean I don't know about Vanguard. I don't know about Vanguard, but um, – was it Cold War or whatever the fuck it was? Yeah, and uh, Black Ops Cold War and modern the reboot of Modern Warfare. I heard both had pretty good campaigns, and Modern Warfare Two, which is the newest one to come out this year, is likely may also have a good campaign. I'm sure, and it I, will. that was the only thing I gave a shit about about Call of Duty was the single player and. Man, I don't know. Maybe Microsoft will do – maybe Microsoft will be like do something super consumer-friendly and say like, hey, you can buy just the campaign for 30 bucks or something. Yeah. And if that's the case, then I'm fucking all about Microsoft buying them because as I'll far as these companies go, I don't yeah. – yeah, I don't give a shit about who owns it or whatever. But yeah. if it means that I can play just a single player and not have to pay for the fucking multiplayer that I'm not going to use, that would be dope. Right.
0: I mean I wouldn't – I wouldn't go as far as buying an Xbox myself to play Call of Duty though. I mean it doesn't mean that much to me. Oh, so. no. Definitely not. I guess, I guess yeah. I'm guess i kind of speaking from a privileged,
1: for privileged position in that I have a Series S. So when this inevitably does come to Game Pass, I'll get to play them all anyway with no extra fee for me. But um, as far as like PlayStation gamers as a whole and the industry as a whole, I think it would be awesome. For them to come up with something like that, it, like that—that's something that, like, having a new owner like Microsoft could enable. Yeah, they could come out and say, like, "Yo, we're Microsoft. We've got literally more money than God. So let's just do something super consumer friendly and say every year you can buy the full suite with the multiplayer for, you know, seventy bucks or sixty bucks, or you can buy just the campaign for, let's say, it's a little more than half, like forty yeah. dollars." Or let's just you know, or maybe they say like, oh, you can buy them separately, multiplayer, or you can buy single player. It's like thirty bucks or thirty bucks or, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I think that it would be so cool for them to do something like that, but yeah. I don't know. Interesting. It's a little off topic.
0: Yeah, it is what it is. So let's go on to the next news point, Jake. Crystal Dynamics. Uh, you guys know that uh, the Embracer Group <clears throat> um, owns Crystal Dynamics, and uh, they have now claimed the Tomb Raider IP and the Legacy of Cain IP. And uh, this, of course, was a result of the Square Enix buyout that occurred recently um, in May. And we don't know, you know, if Sony's going to scoop up the remaining Square products, titles, or whatever. But with this official announcement that now they're officially owned by Square Enix, is it possible that we're going to get some Deus Ex games coming back down the pipeline um, more Tomb Raider, you know they're working on a Tomb Raider now, but are, are we going to maybe get maybe some possible remakes or remasters of the original Tomb Raider games, now they own the entire IP, so it's possible I don't know what the demand or what you know, I don't know if that would really get people that excited though, remaking those old Tomb Raider games, I remember them to be very clunky and like difficult to play
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean I don't know if I really care about the original Tomb Raider. I mean I do in that I'm interested in playing them again and if they were on something like Game Pass or something or or PS Plus, I would definitely check them out. But uh, I don't know. I mean this is cool I guess. Embracer has so many studios now. So I guess we'll see you know their their games have been like super hit or miss you know that you've got something like Destroy All Humans remake which came out a while ago that people really liked but then you also got recently just came out was uh Saints Row and it was a fucking broken mess so i don't know what does this mean i have no idea but <laughs> i think that it's a uh, i think that it's it's something to keep an eye out on i mean i my, what I'll be curious about is what the next thing is. What they release next is gonna is when I'm gonna care. If they release something that is worthwhile or not remains to be seen.
0: All right, I like it. I like your response. It's uh it's legit. The next news point is music to my ears, and uh, CD Projekt Red indicates that The Witcher Four will be the beginning of a saga of Witcher games. I'm all in on the Witcher games. If they're anything like the Wild Hunt, I'm all in. 100% all in. They're developing the title with Unreal Engine 5. So this game is going to be 100% eye candy as well. And despite the problems of Cyberpunk 2077, Jake, I am 100%, like I said, a Witcher fan. And uh, while the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt didn't release in the best state either, there's no way... When The Witcher 4 is released and I'm not buying it day one. And I know that's stupid to say. I'm not saying anyone else should be doing that. I won't be able to help myself. I know where I'm at with this franchise. I'm not going to be able to control myself. I'm just going to be that person that knows better but can't help. So Witcher 4 when it's released day one. I'm getting it. I'm just hoping and praying that when it does release, maybe 24, 25, we don't know. That CD Project Red has learned their lesson and they release the game in tip-top form. This has not been their track record though. So. I'll be shocked if
1: this game comes out before 2026. I don't know, man. I might be dead by then. I hope I'm not. Dude, it took them like six years or five or six years to make Cyberpunk and that game was a fucking mess. They could have so, been working on The Witcher 4 the whole time though. No, no. They were not. There's no way. I mean, and if they were, it was in such a minor capacity yeah, I think that it's it going to be irrelevant to the right dev now. cycle.
0: I don't think it's even yeah. very well thought out. So.
1: so I'm guessing that they're probably – they are probably probably still have maybe a sizable chunk of their studio supporting Cyberpunk because they just announced all this fucking DLC and shit and then the rest of them are probably on to the witch I, – I would say maybe, maybe half of their studio is working on Witcher 4. So my guess is that like, like I said, this game is probably like 2026 easy and hopefully they, they put into check what they can actually accomplish with the game. Don't try and make it so fucking huge and I would much rather than make – dude, The Witcher 3 was way too long. I would much rather than make The Witcher 3 half the size that it was and get one like every four years. As opposed to making this fucking 300 hour experience <laughs> to complete it. Like, granted, it's, it, only, it, it only took me 90 hours to beat the campaign. So good. But, like, if DLC. I wanted to complete the game, if you wanted to do the completionist route, it's like 300 hours. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, maybe instead of doing that, because people are getting fatigued on open worlds, do a game that's like, you know, half that size. And do it every, like, three and a half, four years. Like, people would fucking love that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. You would know. get way
1: more goodwill. You'd have way more time for polish. You know, I, I I don't know. I mean, I'm no developer. I could be completely talking out of my butthole, and it might be completely impossible. It might not matter if a game is freaking five hours or 500 hours. Mm. But, like, I don't know, man. I, I – CD Projekt Red went from this, like, meh developer to this – Amazing developer to this fucking catastrophe.
0: In three games. Yeah. Witcher 2, not fantastic. Not amazing. But serviceable. serviceable. Witcher 3, god tier level (laughs) open world game they pulled off out of their ass somehow. To everyone can't wait for Cyberpunk to it being released in the trashiest, shittiest state ever. And now they finally build it back up. So they went from like, okay – to oh my god they put out the Witcher 3 this game's fucking perfect pretty much to Cyberpunk which is like i think if they would have just waited a year to put out Cyberpunk it would have done so much better
1: i mean the Witcher 3 was pretty broken when it came out too on PC i don't think it was so bad on console right. but like but it was it achieved this status of this amazing game <laughs> and you know, I'm playing Cyberpunk right now, and the game plays great. Like, I'm I'm having a really good time with it. But there are still a shitload of bugs in it. Yeah, it's not it's not like it's bug free. Like, way more than I ever. Like, everyone always talks about how Bethesda Game Studios games, like Fallout and Skyrim and all this, have all these bugs and they're really janky and it's like you know BGS jank and all this shit. Mm-hmm. Dude, Cyberpunk has way more bugs than any fucking Elder, yeah. like Elder Scrolls game I've ever played. So it's, and this is after they've been t- like fixing it for a year. So don't get me wrong, plays great. I love it. But I'm just saying that I think that like after the release of Cyberpunk, CD Projekt needs to just slow their fucking roll
0: mm-hmm.
1: and just make a solid game, make sure they give themselves enough time to make sure that the game is fucking. This next game, I'm telling you right now. This next game better launch with almost zero issues.
0: Right, I agree. I agree, hundred percent.
1: If it launches in this like atrocious state that like the Cyberpunk did, or or even like a real like they're doomed. If it launches, they'll be doomed. If it launches in the state that Cyberpunk is in right now, which is like it's good, but it's still pretty buggy. Dude, they're gonna they're dude they're gonna be burned at the stake. I mean, it's it's especially if they're. Well, if they do the same shit they did with
0: Cyberpunk, well, and they yeah, well here's you know, the thing they though too. the shit out
1: of it. Well, they, yeah.
0: When Witcher Three came out, The Witcher didn't have a huge following at that time. That game helped create that following along with the Netflix show. So the expectations right. for Witcher Four, everybody's got their fucking eye on it right now. So they can't afford to fuck up. But speaking of which, as an add on to that story, Jake, CD Project Red has indicated the Witcher Three PS5 upgrade is still coming out in 2022. And I am certainly going to jump back in, um, rebuild completely in Unreal Engine Five. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know. I don't know how the fuck they're what they're doing to it, but uh, I, I I would hope that there's a bit of a new shine to it.
1: I don't know what this update is. I mean, I don't really get it because you know we have the PS5 version now. So what does this mean?
0: Oh, I'm talking about I'm talking about Witcher Three. I'm, oh, I'm on the bullet oh. yeah, yeah yeah we're gonna get to that but just the Witcher 3 PS5 upgrade is still coming oh, out oh sorry 20 sorry I think you misheard me that's alright I yeah I'm sorry I, I'll be honest
1: with you like I love the Witcher 3 it's a great <laughs> game I do like going back to it every so often But man, you could not get me to care less about something.
0: Oh man, I'm all in. We we, we are on different pages on that, but I'm so excited. Dude, the PS4 –
1: like if if you download the PS4 version on PS5, it looks awesome. It plays awesome. It's 60 fucking frames a second. I don't care if it looks a little better. The Witcher 4 on PS4 looks fucking awesome already. Yeah, that's true. So like – so like to me, it's like, okay, you may come out with this and it may be awesome. It may be great, but – you're like what two years too late three years too late They're a little late on it you know it should have come out when the PS fucking 5 came
0: when out when it launched that would have been awesome they could have got in maybe Bell within the first bit. six months yeah. or so anyways the next news point that you thought I was talking about we'll talk about this real quick um, while we're discussing CD Project Red and you brought up Cyberpunk 2077 Uh, The one and only DLC for Cyberpunk 2077 uh, 2077 game has been announced, and we have a trailer for it. It's called Phantom Liberty. This looks interesting. Um, We'll see how it goes. It's the only DLC they're going to offer for Cyberpunk 2077, most probably likely because they're seeing the trend in sales for the game. Probably not. They're probably capped off a little bit. Um, The fan base isn't growing, whereas I think with The Witcher, it just continuously fucking grew. It was like, oh, Word of Mouth got out, grew. Word of Mouth got out more, grew. TV show, grew. Books, grew. You know what I mean? Like, Starbucks 27 or 77, it's just like, boom. Came out, shitty release, and then uh, whoever wanted it at this point probably has it. But the latest update, 1.6, didn't fix an issue with the police in the game. The police are terrible in this game. They're just absolutely the, – the way that – this is probably one of the bugs you were talking about. They're just absolutely atrocious. They don't – they see every fucking thing you do um, – as far as I remember. Do you, want to know,
1: do you want to know? So today, actually just this morning, I did a fucking test because I was like – and this is – again, I mentioned in like I think last episode. Mm-hmm. I was surprised how how similar this game is to Grand Theft Auto. That So you have a wanted level mm-hmm. in the game from the police or whatever. And I was like, I've been playing this game for 35 hours. I've never had a wanted level mm-hmm. ever in the game. Weird. So I was like, I just want to see what this is all about. So I literally just pulled out my katana and just started – fucking chopping down pedestrians just running around just killing the shit out of all these pedestrians i killed like 50 pedestrians probably Mm -hmm. and the little star comes up and it's like bloop 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 police never came i literally just ran around for like 10 minutes and killed pedestrians police never came that's and then i and then i got and then i got into a car and started driving all of a sudden it just went away and it was like it's like crime reported, crime reported, crime reported. And then like I started driving and it was just like you're done. Yeah, are fucking back to shit's normal. buggy.
0: So 1.6 – yeah, I, dude. They, they like, haven't fixed dude, that, right? The, the latest –
1: this. Sh- GTA did this shit like
0: fucking 20 years ago. Yeah. Like
1: I don't understand why it's so hard in this game for them to figure out How to the fucking the police, police system.
0: Yeah, and then – but they do have 1.7 on the way. And apparently this is going to be the bigger, the bigger patch and it's going to feature a complete overhaul on the police in the game. Hopefully, you'll be out of the game by then, Jake. You won't have to worry about it. I'm just going to improve vehicle combat, and it's going to also make some adjustments to the melee gameplay. Uh, So maybe after 1.7, I'll start my new playthrough and hopefully finish it just in time for the DLC so I can put the game to rest. Um, But uh, I don't know, man. It's one of those games that, like, the more I think about it, I mean, I know my shit was buggy. It would just crash and break on me at any given point. Um But I still enjoyed my time in the game. So I feel like if I go back, I try a different path. uh, Maybe I I didn't do all the side quests and I fully meant to, but I just never made it back to it. I just didn't want to put up the bullshit at the time. But now it's better apparently, but it's not perfect. So I'll wait till 1.7.
1: It's good. It it is good now. I mean it's just – most of the bugs are cosmetic. Very few of them are like game-breaking or anything like that. But like – dude, I was – my brother and I were talking about this game like – uh, last weekend, I think. We mm-hmm. had a little family thing going on. And, uh, dude, the fucking driving in this game is so bad. The driving in this game is so bad. It doesn't I don't feel understand good. why it's so bad. It feels terrible. The motorcycle driving in particular, as someone who loves motorcycles, is is, like, infuriating. Yeah. Like, it makes no logical sense how the motorcycles... You can obviously tell that whoever programmed the motorcycle driving in this game has never even seen a motorcycle in real life let alone ridden one like it is so fucking bad now i get it like they don't want to make it too realistic cuz they don't want you to like every like if you just clip a curb your fucking character would in real life go flying off and die right. they like they don't want to do that because they want it to be arcadey but they could at least make it feel like a motorcycle not you know like a car that just happens to be on two wheels you just stuck to and, the ground the whole time right yeah yeah, and the, the vehicle sounds are bad. Like, it's just... You can tell that whenever they did... Like, the vehicles in this were like a fucking afterthought. It, just from someone who just likes, you know, cars and motorcycles and racing and stuff like that. It, yeah. it, it, it's, it's frustrating, but... Anyway, I, I don't – like, Vehicle Combat, I fucking hate Vehicle Combat in any game. Like, yeah. I, that's why I never played games it's like so Metal or even Destruction All-Stars and yeah, stuff. I mean
0: all these games, um, GTA. Yeah,
1: so, like, I, I don't really care about this, but I just – I'm so – I'm so upset. I don't know if why I expected more, but, like, they're saying the DLC is not going to come out till 2023, which means probably late 2023, which means I'm not going to play it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's – because I am just – I'm neck deep in this game right now and I'm not going to want to go back and play like the controls, on a character right. build. Like that's – that's because I'm not going to want to probably replay the game all the way from start to finish to play this DLC and I did it with The Witcher. To be fair, I did it with The Witcher to do Blood and Wine and whatever the other one and was. And it was worth it. Hearts of Stone. Because they were great. And it was worth it but it took me so long to get back into it. Yeah. And so I don't know. I guess it'll see, we'll see what my brain space is like at the time. And, and to be fair to Cyberpunk or to uh, CD Projekt, take your time. But I wish that they would have literally just been like DLC, bam, coming out in like three months. Then like it would have been fucking awesome or like coming out next week or something like that because then it would have been really exciting. Yeah. People would have really gotten hyped about it. But now it's like like people are not going to care. Until it comes out and they know it's good because you burn that bridge, so I don't know why they're announcing this a year in advance when they don't really have a track record that's very good for getting shit out on time, so this might even be two years away. I hope who not. fucking knows, yeah I mean
0: you're right, we don't, I don't know, know we man, don't know. so we'll see we don't know all right, next news point, Jake is um. PSVR 2 related and uh, the interesting thing here is that you can now go onto your wish list on the PlayStation Store and uh, add PSVR 2 games and then to note there is a new mm. there is a uh, reveal trailer for a PSVR 2 game which is a follow up to Firewall which was the first person shooter that they released it was like the the tactical shooter kind of like a Rainbow Six Siege kind of vibe. Um, the new one is called Firewall Ultra and uh, I don't know if it's going to come with a, uh, a gun thing or not, the the controller that they created for this game initially, um, or are the new controllers for the PSVR 2 going to be fine? Are they going to be usable enough? I don't know. But anyways, I thought that was interesting, so you can start wishlisting mm. your PSVR 2 games now if you want. Oh, cool. uh, we still, Tokyo Game Show, as far as I know, hasn't happened yet, so we're still waiting on the... Feedback on the VR2 that's going to be on the floor there. We'll find out more about the VR2 then, I suppose. But until then, start looking looking at your wish list and uh, adding some shit if you plan on picking up some VR2 games. Especially if you hear about something that you just don't want to forget about. So, I'm happy to hear this next news point. And uh, it was...
1: Sorry. I, just, I googled Tokyo Game Show. Uh-huh. And, of course... Tokyo fucking Game Show is going to be happening when I am on a work trip. (laughs) So if they do open pre-orders for fucking PSVR 2, I'm going to be probably fucked again because I'll be in some hotel room and who knows where. Yeah. That's what happened with the fucking PS5. So we'll – We'll see. That's funny. Anyway, continue. I'm I'm sorry. No, you're fine.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate knowing that. That's funny. I'll have to keep an eye out for you. Um, I'm happy to hear that a story mode focused single player Battlefield game is in development at a new studio. Ridgeline Games is working on the title. Um, My opinion is they need to stay grounded with the Battlefield games. Uh, I don't want any more of these future advanced fucking 2055 war games that are just all these fake weapons that don't exist. I think Battlefield One was awesome. The like the new Battlefield One, the World War One game, that story mode was fantastic. And then the one Battlefield Four, or was it three? The single player was really really good. Also, I can't remember Battlefield Three had an awesome single three. Player that three was is the, the one. one. That. that was the PS3 one. Fucking yeah. fantastic. So hopefully, Ridgeline can do something with with Battlefield because I believe the most recent Battlefield game did not have single player. So that's why this is 2048. Yeah, yeah. that's why this is new. So,
1: so I am gonna. I don't know if this is surprising at all, but I'm gonna actually go the opposite way uh-huh.
0: that you. Interesting. Are Interesting.
1: And I don't know if you know this, but before Battlefield came to consoles, <coughs> I think it was before Battlefield came to consoles. There was a Battlefield game called Battlefield 2142, mm. and it was like. Not like this 2042 where it's a fucking semi-futuristic kind of thing. Where it's like, oh, we're basically Black o- Call of Duty Black Ops. Where it's like, oh, it's basically a modern shooter, but you have like this weird technology that you can use that doesn't exactly exist yet. Mm-hmm. 2142 was like fucking far-flung future. The vehicles you could drive around were like mechs and shit. Like it was awesome, and we just—it was just on PC. Like I remember playing, doing like LAN parties with some friends when I was in high school or college, playing this game. And uh, I'm not saying that they need to reboot that game, but I love the idea of a battlefield game that is not. And I, and I get it. Like it's it's more of a gamble to do this than to do like a modern shooter or something. Mm-hmm but i love the idea of doing one that's so far in the future that it's like um you know just you can have these weird crazy things like mechs riding around and laser weapons and all this crazy shit that you know doesn't exist in that universe. And and maybe don't put like your main developer on it. Like maybe DICE doesn't make that. Maybe, you know, they they have like a spin-off studio, kind of like when Obsidian made Fallout New Vegas. You do like a uh, do like a uh, and maybe that's what this studio is going to be where they're they're like, "Okay, well, you're a new studio. You're just going to make spin-off Battlefield games that are story focused." Think like Battlefield Bad Company and shit like that. Yeah. Like that would be awesome. Like I would I, love yeah. to explore some of, these, some of these different eras in more of a story-focused narrative and not necessarily trying to be – because let's be honest. Those, those Battlefield campaigns that we loved were basically just Call of Duty knockoffs.
0: But I think they were better. I mean they, they were better, good. I think they were better. They
1: were good. Don't get me wrong. They were good. But they were essentially copying the Call of Duty campaign formula from like modern warfare and shit like that. I
0: think the thing, yeah, let me just cut, cut in. Maybe I'm misremembering, but Call of Duty has the spawn boxes for enemies, right? And you have to push forward for the enemies to quit spawning.
1: You're talking about the monster closets, yeah? I battlefield I think didn't that, have
0: those. I don't remember the single player having the monster closets.
1: I mean, yes, obviously there were some mechanical differences between those, that was make I mean, or break. The monster, monster closets the,
0: make or break for me. Like if they're in the game, I can't stand it. I can't stand
1: that it. that was a real big. That was a. I think that they might have cleaned that up, but that was a real big issue in. Um, I think the one that where it was like the worst was in World at War, which was the, so bad. The one in the Pacific Theater in World War II. That
0: was the first um, one with though though zombies. Uh,
1: yeah, even though that that game I actually really liked. I liked it too. Um, but it, it was annoying but, I, but the monster closets, yeah, I, I fucking I think that they're they're bad, to be honest with you. But I, I agree with you. I mean it could be something. That you could be correct about that.
0: I think that was the big difference for me playing Battlefield versus Call of Duty. Was Battlefield didn't seem so fake in that regard.
1: I just mean in that like – I guess what I just mean in that like if you took someone who didn't know Mm -hmm. and you sat them down and they played the Call of Duty Modern Warfare campaign and then they played the Battlefield 3 campaign, they Mm -hmm. wouldn't know the difference between the two. I
0: think with the future weapons, man, uh, there are very few games that I've played where the future technology you get to wield where I'm like, oh, this is fucking rad. Like in a lot of these games, it's like, okay, here's a fucking weapon that's like has heat-seeking Ammo, or, like, here's a fucking drone, which isn't even futuristic because we have fucking drones now. And they're like, here's a, here's a laser or here's, like, this robot that you control like an RC car. And, like, that shit's just, like, it's not that fucking futuristic. Like, if you're going to come up with futuristic shit, have it fully realized and have it be some next-level fucking shit. Like, make it cool. like I'm, Make it creative. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm into that. that. That's why, like, I really liked... I really liked the resistance weapons. The weapons in resistance were awesome because they were so different. And it was like, this is really cool shit. But then it wasn't even at all remotely believable, those weapons. So like when you're playing a game like Battlefield, you want it to be within the realm of possibility but not so outlandish – that it's like, uh it breaks the suspension of disbelief. But you also don't want it the same old bullshit that you get in every futuristic war game. So, like, what do you do? Like, you have to do something interesting there. And mechs might not be a bad idea, but, you know, to have, like, huge-ass mechs, they did that in Titanfall. So, I mean, you don't want to, like, clone what was already been done. So, I don't know what you do. Maybe make, make like, fucking, like, seven-foot mechs that you just... Or like a shell that you wear around, you know. I don't know that like be, exosuits, like an yeah, exosuit or something. Like that. Or something.
1: I, I to be honest with you, like that is one of the things. Not to keep bringing CD Projekt Red up, but like that's one of the things that Cyberpunk does really well. Is is like the creativeness of their weapons. I agree. Like, they're they it's like near future, but because it's this like alternate reality Cyberpunk, like it's it's more futuristic than it actually would be at that time. Like there's no way that that the United States in 2077 is going to be as advanced as as it is in this game, right? It's just it's it's based on the cyberpunk that was developed in like the fucking 80s. Right. So, you know, it's this interesting kind of juxtaposition, but like they need to do some shit like that. Like if you're going to do futuristic weapons, you need to do really cool stuff like the smart weapons in Cyberpunk or the tech weapons where you could like fire through walls if you mm-hmm. charge them up or like like, and like you said, resistance did a really cool thing where it's like, oh, these are alien weapons, right? But it's not like Halo where there's just alien versions of the human weapons. Like they're 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 different. You know what right. I mean? They operate differently. I think part of it So the, they they have different thought processes.
0: Yeah, and and to, I think a game that really did something interesting with like future weaponry, but also kept it grounded was the division. There were some really cool weapons in the division that were, like, the seeker mines. They had, like, the turrets that would self-deploy. Just different shit like that that was, like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And, like, that's believable shit, especially when you see it in a war-torn D.C., and you see these little things and it's like it just all works you're like oh these guys are fucking next level like these guys have the fucking shit that can like repel the bad shit you know these guys are outfitted with the latest and greatest and it seems cool but it's not like oh i you know have this crazy energy weapon that runs on this fucking alien fucking energy we found on pluto or something and it's like no we don't want that necessarily but we want something that's ground i don't know at least that's what i i want something grounded but yeah that's fucking cool as shit. Like, well, it'd be cool if they if they had those DARPA fucking uh, robots that that are like, you know, if you could like, instead of controlling like an RC car, like you get control of like one of those DARPA defense fucking lions that are robots that like move like horses <laughs> and shit. Like, and imagine being chased down by another player's like DARPA thing. Like, that'd be so fucking yeah. scary. How do you just, how do you stop it? Right. What do you do? I don't know. We can quit talking about it. I, I like when we get in these conversations, though, because they, they fuel, I think, uh, interesting interesting uh, thoughts. Um, let's talk about the PS5 firmware upgrade. We uh, we got a new firmware upgrade on the PS5, and just touch, touch base on it real quick. It's officially out. You can read more about it on the PlayStation blog. Um, but the updates... Some of the bigger updates um, that came along with it were uh, you can now make game lists or folders for your game library. You have to go into your library and then select the ones that you want. You can make a game list, and that turns into a folder. You can it Now as the 1440p resolution. We're, we're, we're anticipating that that is for the uh, PSVR 2 unit. Improvements to game base improvements to game help, better access to in-progress activities. You can now, they have a feature where you compare 3D audio versus regular stereo audio, so you can hear the difference, which will actually be interesting, I want to try it. And uh, mm. there's also some upgrades in compatibility um, with the uh, PlayStation app. So I believe that you can do different stuff with the app now when it interfaces with your PS5 when it's, when it's on. So some nice little updates there, and Sony's been always really good at continuously enhancing, you know, their their fucking landing page when you power on the unit. I don't know if you call it the UI or whatever. Just the firmware in general. The things that they 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 did they did a hell of a job with the with the PS4 with just, you know, just when things start feeling a little stale, they'll roll out some new shit. So uh <coughs> hats off to them for this. And uh, you guys can check that out if you want. Anything on there, Jake, that really Tickles your fancy, or are you just like okay, cool.
1: Nah, 1440p is cool. I mean, a lot of monitors and TVs have 1440p, which is needed. It allows you to have a better resolution than 1080 without having to bog down your system with 4K. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Everything else is just kind of
0: icing on the cake. Quality sure.
1: of life, uh, you know, upgrades.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about some new games. We got new games coming out. Some of the new games this week are. Uh, Interesting, because I thought the one was already out, but no. So September 13th, Little Orpheus. I almost said Little Orpheus. I'm glad I didn't say that. (laughs) But uh, that's on PS5. Little Orpheus. Uh, Isonzo on PS5 Voice of Cards, The Beast of Burden on PS4, Windstorm Start of a Great Friendship on PS4 September 14th, we're getting Cube with a Q Q-U-B-E, 10th anniversary on PS5 Unexplored 2 The Wayfarer's Legacy on PS4 September 15th, a lot of games rolling in, Arcade Archives Rompers PS4, Blind Fate Ido Noyami on PS5 Des- Despos Games Despos Game? I don't know Uh, PS5, PS4 Uh, Fire Commander on PS5, PS4 Inertial Drift Twilight Rivals Edition on PS5 This is the one I thought was out but maybe it's only the PS4 version But we're getting Metal Hellsinger on PS5 Outer Wilds On PS5 And SBK22, PS5 And PS4, September 16th Two more games, Plunder Panic On PS5 and Trash Soldiers On PS4 Jacob Anything on there, ring your bell Look good.
1: Um, I mean, so Outer Wilds is supposed to be a good game. Uh, Metal Hel- Hellsinger is fucking cool if you're into like the the you know the rogue like nature of it. I it's I, a rhythm I would shooter. actually, I, yeah, I would play it if it wasn't if there was a mode where like I didn't have to. Worry about like starting from scratch every time. If I died, yeah. I would definitely be it's into it because the game. combat is and the, the combat and the music is so fucking good. But good. I don't want to do this shit where I have to like start over every fucking time. Um, uh, SBK twenty two. That's a World Superbike game, which is you know I'm interested in World Superbike, so that's cool. I'm not gonna play it just because all of these games are made by the same developer, so they're all ost- ostensibly the same game. But uh, so that's kind of neat. Um, but other than that, I mean,
0: not really. Fair enough, man. Well, happy to talk video games with you again. Uh, we've been doing a really good job doing this podcast weekly and uh, I hope the listeners are, uh, on board with us on, as far as that goes. And, uh, we appreciate you all for listening to the podcast and, uh, you know, there's no intention on slowing it down or stopping anytime soon. And uh, I'm excited to get back into Lake and beat that. And I will say, because I didn't really give my initial impressions on Tome, Jake. If you haven't tried that game at all, it's it's actually really strangely uh, satisfying to play. Uh, I just downloaded it today. Yeah, I, I haven't
1: I haven't started it yet.
0: Yeah. All I'm gonna say is I, I have traveled via bus two times at this point, and you'll know what I mean when you start playing it. Um, hmm. It's a gauge of my progress, but it's enjoyable. Um, so yeah, cool. Make sure you download Toem, play that, and then you can be in the discussion with us. Uh, you know, at the end of the month as we talk about that. So, I mean, without dragging on any longer than need be, I, I do recognize that I didn't ask Jake today how he was doing, and we didn't talk about our regular lives. Uh, but there's really, I don't know. There was a long podcast. We're already almost at an hour twenty, and that was the reason. So, um, talk about it next week. We'll discuss it next week. We got shit to do and people to see and places to go. So we'll talk to you next time. Under, Like Under the Waves, Unpacking, and Uncharted. P.S. P.S. This is awesome. This is awesome.